The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We are back, depending on your point of view, with the Paracast. Our guest this week is Brent Rains, who makes another appearance on the show. Our co-host, of course, is Tim Swartz. And Brent has some interesting books out, such as Visitors from Hidden Realms, On the Edge of Reality, and John A. Keel, The Man and the Myths and the Ongoing Mysteries. But Brent, welcome back to the Paracast, and I wanted to bring up that book again, because we talk about John Keel so often on the show, and that is, what was the myth? Ah, well, um, Gene, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, sometimes uh, there's a little truth in the myth, and then sometimes it just leads us astray, but... There's some things that, uh, you know, in, in all things and all research that has to be kind of cleared up sometimes uh, with with some of what uh, I'd found with in my book with what Keel had written. There was uh, some things that did need to be cleared up. And he he actually when I corresponded with him back in uh, in the early days, he uh, tried to clear up, for example, some of the mistakes that appeared in his uh I guess Operation Trojan Horse and Strange Creatures from Time and Space that first appeared in 1970. And he said that he was given a galley to correct errors. He submitted his response, but the publisher didn't respond. Uh, they, they, they still used the way it was without uh, his corrections. Of course, he found out later that some of the information he has was, wasn't exactly right. And, of course, we know that... Uh, when he was in West Virginia and he made the statement back in 67 that he was sky watching on a hilltop and the moon did not appear until, you know, as it was supposed to. But it turned out that whatever information he got from some newspaper was inaccurate. So in my book, I give the link to where you can actually check and see that Keel was wrong on, on that aspect. Is, And, of course, uh, there was the college student in Virginia who... Uh, claimed he had also had uh, experiences with uh, that were related to the beings that Woodrow Derenberger out of West Virginia had, you know, experienced. And turned out that guy was really just telling a tall tale. He was uh, studying to be a psychologist and uh, also was uh, interested in science fiction. And so he, he wove a good tale and uh, keel bit it at the time. And, of course, then there's the mysterious phone calls that... Uh, Quite a number of people uh, attribute some of that stuff to the shenanigans of uh, Jim Mosley and uh, uh, Gray Barker, uh, especially after they had a few few drinks. <laughs> so anyway, but beyond that, you know, I was quite intrigued by his uh, 
thought process, the idea that there were other elements, that the, the big picture involved more than just what a lot of the mainstream ufology was examining. Uh, there was uh, elements besides physics of consciousness and, uh, you know, also the parapsychology. And I think it's uh, a lot of that's all interwoven. So I, I certainly uh, felt that, uh, and of course, not just him, Jacques Philly came out uh, with a lot of very similar ideas. So anyway. Anyway, that kind of covers it. With John Keel, it's interesting his experience with his book publisher where he submits the corrections to the publisher, and the publisher ignores them. I had that problem when I was doing those quickie computer books, you know, how to use your iMac and things like that. They would send me suggested corrections. I would take the manuscript and fix it, and half the time the corrections were never included in the book. And, of course, I'm blamed for them because my name's on the book. Yeah, yeah. He felt uh, he was unfairly you know, blame for a lot of that. He also mentioned to me that uh, the book that actually introduced me to the UFO field was uh, Frank Edwards' Flying Saucer's Serious Business. And uh, Keel informed me that that was actually written in, in six weeks' time, uh, a real marathon <laughs> thing. And, and uh, that, uh, of course, there were probably going to be some errors and uh, being that rushed for it. But they wanted, because of all the activity that was going on at that time, to rush the book out for, uh, you know, the best sales that they could acquire. And he also sent me a newspaper clipping one time. I don't know where it is now, but it was filled with, with errors and didn't hardly make any sense. He wanted to show me how, you know, he had submitted a, a story to a newspaper and uh, how they had mutilated it. <laughs> well, I think that's something that uh, that all of us who are, investigators and and writers run into i mean i always note in my books that you know this this is the best information that i have at the moment but things can change and i'll always let you know in in you know next installments you know if uh, if the information that i've you know presenting is is not entirely accurate um, you know unfortunately for people like keel that you know may not have had the opportunity to update his books, especially the, uh, the 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 quickie paperbacks. Then that legacy lives on. I mean, here we are, years later, and we're still talking about it. Yeah, well, he was. The thing about John Keel is, he has no impact in the modern world of UFO research, except for the fact that people have moved in a direction that he first or was one of the first to set up. So it's interesting that we still talk about him, but they still talk about George Adamski, and he was exposed 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I guess I can't uh, say there wasn't something to it, and he, you know, to his experiences at some point, but that he, he used it to launch all sorts of other stories. He became a storyteller. And uh, I've been... Talking with Peter Jordan recently, who was uh, very involved for years, uh, we haven't heard much from him, you know, lately. But uh, he was, uh, along with Dr. Berthold Schwartz, the uh, New Jersey psychiatrist. Uh, he also uh, worked with Dr. Schwartz and, and interviewed a lot of uh, people who were involved in uh, the Menger situation. He got to talk with Howard Menger, and. Uh, 
you know, he found that Howard Menger did color a lot of his his stories, and uh, but there was a core group of people who often went to his farm that had uh, he interviewed them again and again, and they and they seemed to be pretty solid in his view. And uh, at one point, they told him that, uh, "Have you had any experiences?" and and he said no. And they said, "Well, now that you're with us talking about these things, you just you know kind of wait and see." And and uh, later he did have an experience early one morning where this uh, uh, just after he had been reading uh, Travis Walton's book that had just come out, and and he was really thinking about that beam of light that hit Travis and how frightening that must have been. That was truly real. And uh, that uh, next morning, there was a beam of light that came through his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very, very surprising. He's still talking about all these years later. And uh, Before we go on, Howard Manger is an interesting story. Let me tell you my Howard Manger story. It takes place in 1965. I was working for Jim Mosley, believe it or else, at Saucer News at 303 Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. And... He got a call from Howard Menger, who wanted to meet him. So we met him up at the diner across the street. And Menger said at that point, and he also had said this on the Long John Neville short-lived TV show, that he thought maybe he was the victim or the subject of a government experiment. That the people he met were government agents, not Venusians or Saturnians or anything like that. He adopted that position for quite a while before he kind of went back to the original one that E.T. was here and he met up with them. So that is an interesting thing about it, the way he reversed things. And because he reversed things, he became very friendly with Mosley, who, of course, was somebody who never believed in any of the contactees. I never figured out Menger, and I kind of wish I had time to talk to him myself rather than just sit there with my lunch plate in front of me having my lunch. We've got Brent and Gene and Tim. What this means is you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. 
Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Brent Rains joins us. We were talking about John Keel, but then in the course of a conversation mentioning contactees, he mentioned Howard Menger. So, Brent, what do you think about my little story? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I talked with, uh, you know, Peter Jordan about the uh, something he had mentioned to me, and we, we recently discussed it again on a, a YouTube interview we did together uh, that's uh, actually on my website. I've got four interviews I've done with him so far. And I asked him about the story of Ivan Sanderson uh, walking into a room at Menger's home and seeing some sort of uh, items that apparently had something like U.S. Army written on them. And according to the story, um, uh, Menger found him in the room and told him he wasn't supposed to be there and seemed quite uh, upset that uh, he said, don't ever come back in, in here again. It, Ivan Sanderson was also an interesting character. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, he was uh, he was into the uh, the UFOs, the the Bigfoot, uh, and of course a, a respected zoologist, and of course good friends with John Keel. In fact, in the beginning, they were going to write a book together back when he came, you know. But instead, he, he uh, Keel ended up uh, taking the project on his own and writing Operation Trojan Horse. Now, with of course Sanderson, he died in the '60s, I believe. And among his opinions were that some UFOs, at least, were living beings, kind of like Trevor James Constable had said in a book he wrote called They Live in the Sky. So that's one theory he came up with. He also told an interesting story about the death of a UFO researcher writer, Morris K. Jessup, M.K. Jessup, who supposedly offed himself with carbon monoxide poisoning in his car in Dade County in Florida. And Sanderson was suggesting there was no reason for this guy to off himself, and this became one of the one of those mysterious deaths in the UFO field. Of course, Jessup indirectly was responsible for the Philadelphia experiment legend. Right. And and uh that's uh that's a difficult one. I mean it's it's um it had all the appearance of being a suicide, and uh, I know that a lot of people have included that in their, their articles, like uh, I remember Otto Binder in Saga's UFO Report writing an article of liquidation of ufologists, and uh, that was a very prominent uh, one there, where uh, you know he hooked up a hose, I guess, to the tailpipe of his car, was in the garage, and just offed himself that way. We should mention a little bit about Otto Binder, who he was, because he's also kind of a legend in the sci-fi field. In the early days, he was writing material for Ray Palmer. He wrote continuity for comic books, such as Shazam. When he was called Captain Marvel, he wrote the early continuity. He worked for DC Comics and created Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. And he also wrote about UFOs. And he also wrote about science. He was the editor of a magazine, I think called Space World, as a matter of fact, that Ray Palmer took over and just ran press releases on it. But Otto got very interested in UFOs, as you noticed, and he came up one time or two times that I talked to him suggesting that Ray Palmer, you know, obviously involved in the Shaver Mystery, co-founder of Fate Magazine, editor of Flying Saucers and Search Magazines, that when he came up with stuff about Hollow Earth's and things like that. He was doing it not because he believed in the theories, but people would write to him. It would generate greater interest. So that's it about Otto Binder. Hmm. Yeah, he uh, he wrote a, a real good book at the time on, on UFOs, discussing different kind of cases uh, on UFOs. I still have it on my, my bookshelf in the other room. And, uh, yeah... He, I think he wrote, like, things on Superman, didn't he? Or, uh... <laughs> well, as I said, he wrote for DC Comics. I don't know if he did Superman, but obviously he was responsible for Supergirl. In fact, in the pilot for the Supergirl TV series, they mention an auto binder bridge that Supergirl flies over during her first public <laughs> appearance. And that, of course, would mean nothing. It's an Easter egg unless you knew who created Supergirl. Ah, yeah, and I, I remember seeing a picture of uh, one of his daughters dressed as up as uh, as Supergirl, 
I think he was trying to promote his his book with her picture. But anyway, that's that's interesting. I don't wrote, uh, gosh, uh, a really early book about the ancient astronaut theories. I mean, I think he came out with it even before um, Eric von uh, Donegan. And it, it was one of my first exposures to that uh, the, that whole concept. Well, lots of people came out before Eric von Daniken. Oh, Vernzi yeah. Laporte Trench, guy named Yona Fortner, writing as Yona Ibn Aharon for Jim Mosley's Saucer News. I think Desmond Leslie touched on it. He mm-hmm. was the co-author of the original Adamski book, Flying Saucers Have Landed. And it's a theory that goes back years and years. But von Daniken found a way to get the public interested. And that way he was a good salesperson. Well, the uh, the book that Otto wrote, rather than going into, you know, like uh, uh, petroglyphs and uh, 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 giant stone monuments, he went more for the anthropology aspect of it. The differences between the human species as opposed to other animals on the planet. Your turn, Brent. (laughs) Well, even Emanuel Swedenberg over there in Sweden back uh, centuries ago uh, claimed contact with Venusians and other beings from uh, other places within our solar system. He was one of the earliest contactees, perhaps, and uh, he was a highly respected uh, man of science as well and went on a number of years and he claimed that he was... uh, approached by very human-type beings, and they took him on trips to uh, other planets. And uh, so he uh, he was uh, someone, I think, that probably contributed to uh, the ancient astronaut theory some, too. It's, uh, and, of course, Kiel talked about how some of our characters in the Bible, like uh, Ezekiel and so on, um, some of that sounds kind of like contactees. What what influenced you to uh, to write your book about Keel uh, originally? I mean, I've got I've got a copy of it here, and uh, uh, rereading it for today's show. And I mean, you know, it's just just really a fascinating, uh, really fascinating, well done book. Well, thank you. I I um, you know I started out with. Uh, the mainstream nuts and bolts approach in uh, at age 14, first month in uh, 67, after reading Frank Oda's Flying Saucer Serious Business. And then, uh, uh, so I, I just got really obsessed with the subject. Can't say I'm not still obsessed. Before we get too obsessed, <laughs> you might become obsessed with these announcements with Gene and Brent and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. 
Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA Radio News. Charges have been dismissed against former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder in relation to the Flint water crisis. He's the eighth person to have a case thrown out in the scandal after a unanimous opinion from the state's Supreme Court over the summer ruling a one-person indictment is not proper. Carrie Lake challenging her defeat in the Arizona gubernatorial election from last month. The Republican lost by less than a percent to Katie Hobbs, the state's Democratic Secretary of State. The vote count between the two candidates was outside the margin needed to trigger an automatic recount. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Kremlin forces have turned the city of Bakhmut in the eastern part of his country into ruins. Russian President Vladimir Putin focusing on the four Ukrainian provinces that he has claimed to have annexed into the Russian Federation. Twitter is being sued for not paying for private flights for one of their executives. The case is in federal district court. You're listening to USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
We interrupted you, Brent, in the middle of a conversation, which is what we do to people sometimes. Would you pick up on that? Sure. So anyway, and, and um, I was reading some of the, the articles, you know, that John Keel was writing. Uh, that really kind of stood out because he was connecting some some things and creating a, a connecting some areas of, of research investigation that he claimed to be involved in that were more than just what uh, the mainstream of ufology was was pursuing. And of course, you know, some of the uh, some of the researchers uh, at the time, uh, like the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, that. Uh, out of Washington, D.C., that was formed in 1957. Uh, they just dealt with the physical objects. Uh, a major Donald Kehoe, retired major, of, you know, he was not interested in the uh, the contactee aspects at all. If a UFO landed, a being got out, that was it, you know, discard that case. So that wasn't even pursued. Of course, he, he was... Uh, Totally, you know, the whole contactee thing. He wrote a lot, I think, against uh, George Damsky. And, you know, he just wanted to have a congressional hearing and have a serious discussion on, on the UFO phenomena. So it was quite neglected uh, by the Air Force and NICAP. <laughs> but um, my, uh, you know, I was I was writing a lot of people, phone calls and stuff, and, and I formed my own little group up in the state of Maine, uh, SINAP, the Scientific Investigation Network on Aerial Phenomena. I was uh, a very busy teenager trying to uh, figure it out. And then in 1969, I ended up being um, on the board of directors of Saucer Scoop magazine out of St. Petersburg, Florida. And that uh, magazine came out monthly, and I... um, I contributed some features, and uh, Brad Steiger was the public relations director, and Joanne Whitnor was the editor. And uh, she, she and Brad were actually writing books and, and articles together, as as I'm, I know you know. And uh, I started uh, seeing more and more of John Keel, and he had his address uh, that you could write to him, a PO box in New York City. So I uh, I started writing to him, and pretty soon I was exchanging my little uh, online magazine, Scientific Saucerites Review, which was a little mimeograph publication with his anomaly, and we engaged in uh, quite a bit of correspondence. And I uh, I got very interested in his uh, alternative approach to the ultra-terrestrials in comparison to the elementals, and... and uh, bringing in the psychic aspect and I even wrote to him in 1971 asking him you know how I could pursue um, these areas myself in field work I was very interested in getting out there and checking things out myself so I did do that I went through quite a number of states and even up into Canada and and spent uh, practically the whole summer of 1975 on the road between Maine and in Florida, and uh, anyway, I also uh, became good friends with Dr. Berthold Swartz. We corresponded extensively, and uh, um, I've even got a chapter in his book UFO Dynamics on a case that I brought him uh, up, you know, up to Maine on to to check out. So, um, yeah, John Keel had a lot of influence. So I decided. Uh, you know, a few years ago that uh, 
I thought it would be kind of interesting to interview others who had known Keel and been influenced by his work and been out there in the field to, uh, you know, interview them um, and get their thoughts and uh, stories and, and look at some of the ongoing matters that, uh, you know, of course, Keel had passed away in 2009 and just kind of kind of bring kind of up to date. I'm even thinking of doing a volume two. That's just kind of occurred to me recently um, on this. And, uh, you know, there's things that after you write a book that come up afterwards and you say, oh, well, I should have included uh, included that. So I think enough has, has uh, come up since then that it would be time for a, perhaps a, a second volume. Oh, I'd definitely read that. All right. Well, I got one reader. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting, though. I mean, you know, you're talking about the, the the possible psychic aspect to the UFO phenomena, and 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 going back to our conversation we were having earlier about the contactees and Howard Menger, you know, you were saying that there were a group of people around him that experienced odd things despite the fact that Howard probably, as you said, you know, kind of colored his own experiences a bit. But you see this a lot, don't you, with with other cases. And, and you know, some of the early contactee cases, maybe not so much uh, uh, George Damsky, but, you know, some of the others where the people around have their own odd experiences that are, I don't know if the word outside would be the correct term, but but almost their own versions of what allegedly was going on with the contactee. Yeah, even, uh, even with, with George Adamski, you have... Uh, um, Rex and Ray uh, Stanford. Uh, mm. One was Alex. He was a parapsychologist, and Ray was a very serious UFO investigator. And you know, early on, back in the the fifties, they were young men, and they uh, they had a sighting of their own. Um, later, they realized that uh, George Adamski was, you know. Um, really not who they thought he was in the beginning. But nonetheless, you know, at the time, they were experiencers too. And uh, sometimes you wonder if maybe some of this stuff is like a tolpoid phenomenon, or it's a projection, a psychic projection of some kind or something. You come across some really oddball stuff. Uh, somebody that I had a brief contact with back in August 1971 was, you know, the Ted Owens, you know, mm -hmm. space intelligences. And he wrote to me and uh, he sounded really braggadocious. And I think this is what turned a lot of people off. But uh, I, I've spoken with uh, Jeffrey Mishlove, who's, uh, you know, a clinical psychologist, does the uh, New Thinking Aloud. And early on, he uh, started collecting all this testimony of people who said that he did the most amazing things. And uh, um, and there was, he got, you know, 
information from a number of researchers too, including Tim Beckley and uh, Dr. Berthold Schwartz, and even Dr. Hynek studied, studied him for a while. But you know, it was so so many strange, far out aspects to it that even Dr. Hynek said he wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole because uh, he's afraid it would ruin his reputation. But uh, anyway, uh, Jeff Mich- Mishlov collected, uh, uh, I think, almost a hundred testimonies from different people that claimed that they had seen UFOs or they'd been out with them, and he would uh, say, I'm going to cause a lightning bolt to you know, strike that church over there, and uh, that was the only place where a lightning s- struck, you know, and things like that. So, because uh, I was kind of, <laughs> when he wrote back to me in 71, I was kind of kind of put off because he, he said he didn't have time to, to really answer all his emails and he said he appreciated my uh writing him but there was nothing he could do he was working with government people and scientists and you know uh and then he he bragged about how he was part apache and he was the best knife thrower in the world i thought wow how do you know you're the best best knife thrower in the world (laughs) okay we'll get into more of this with brent gene and tim you're in the paracast listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. 
And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Do you find, Brent, that particular groups of people, certain background, racial certain backgrounds in terms of personal history possibly see UFOs or experience weird stuff more than others? Well, you definitely have to look at, um, you know, I remember Berthold Schwartz saying to me, how can you study UFOs and not be aware of the psychic elements? And, and you have to look at the psychology and any reports of, you know, anomalous experiences, be they UFOs, psychic. And a lot of times they seem like people who, have these UFO sightings, uh, close encounters or contacts, they they start reporting all these other elements too, poltergeist activity or some kind of cryptid-type phenomena or, or um, you know, these ghostly-type beings. There just seems to be a whole uh, higher number of elevation of uh, reports. Uh, Native Americans have interested me a lot. I mean, early on, I... Uh, visited uh, a Native American medicine man in Pennsylvania of Sequanahawk ancestry, and uh, uh, I had been introduced him, introduced to him by a contactee up in Ohio who I'd been investigating, and uh, she told me that uh, she had witnessed things with him. So I, I, I paid him a couple of visits and corresponded with him quite extensively. Uh, John Keel certainly recommended that a person could reach out to someone uh, on a res- Indian reservation and, you know, gain someone uh, they trust. Native, Native Americans had a lot of different experiences along those lines. This, however, was a, was a man who was living among the white people. He was an urban Indian, but he was, uh, he and his wife, both Native American, uh, welcomed me to their home. And uh, uh, my wife and I, uh, we visited him, and uh, at one one of those visits, we were together, 
and uh, we had lunch with him. And then afterwards, he we went to his living room, and he said uh, he said we're going to have a powwow. Now he he had said that he he did not do drugs or anything, but he used uh, some strong native tobacco, <laughs> and. Of course, we were both pretty tired from our, our long journey from Tennessee. We were headed up to Maine, stopped in Pennsylvania. And uh, so anyway, he's smoking his pipe. I felt, I kind of closed my eyes and I felt myself really drifting. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. My wife, Joan, she uh, told me afterwards that um, the smoke started filling the room. It would go out horizontally and then collapse back to the center and then it would go out vertically both directions up and down and then collapse back in the center then it would go out horizontally again and then come back and collapse and it did this a number of times and she you know thought wow and then said suddenly it was like there was a a tunnel in the middle and it just he was in that tunnel looking at her and uh, and then she said the spell was broken. And uh, we went back to Ohio later, and we were talking with the uh, contact. He was also part uh, Native American, and uh, she said, "Oh yes, he passed something on to you, whatever that <laughs> whatever that means." And uh, it's something about their balanced way, and. You know, in, in study of Native American beliefs, is the whole belief in the four directions and in the center uh, where everything connects. And so I've kind of interpreted it that way. Um, but anyway, first time I actually visited him, a ring flew off his uh, finger, which he said was made for him by a, a Mohawk woman. And he told me it would be a powerful spirit that did that. And, uh, I kept writing him, was you know, figuring he'd tell me there was some message, but he said he never got a message, so he didn't know what that was about. But uh, yeah, he claimed that there were these giant beings called the Udusquare, which were part of the uh, culture of his people, and that they came down in a uh, well, it'd be, we'd call it a flying saucer. He called it a flying canoe. Landed in his backyard. And they came out, and they had to bend down in order to come in the door because they were going to bump their heads on the top of the door because they were they were uh, much taller than we are. And uh, they gave him a message with the creator's voice and, and said that there was like a beam of light coming out of the body, but it only went out so far and stopped. Um, so anyway, I have since... Uh, been involved in native ceremonies and things, uh, sweat lodges. We used to have one behind our house. And uh, my wife is uh, of Cherokee ancestry, pot Cherokee. She's, uh, in fact, we found out from some ancestry research that she's related to uh, going quite a few generations back to uh, Kono Soto, who is a beloved man of the Cherokee over in eastern uh, Tennessee. Uh, and uh, we have since visited his grave. And while we were there, I did a brief recording. And we don't know where it came from, but there was a, um, like an Indian voice on there. And we, 
I sent it to an archaeologist over in North Carolina who's you know kind of sympathetic to this, and he's she sent me a a uh, a recording of a Cherokee saying the uh, the word wolf in Cherokee, and it sounds very similar. And uh, he was his his mother was of the wolf clan, so hey, you know. I, well, that's one of the uh, that's one of the interesting aspects of your John Keel book is your EVP sessions, um, where you uh, seem to get uh, uh, responses from something that sounded like Keel. Yeah, you know, Keel uh, himself was always skeptical of those. He felt that they were, he said, these beings could be uh, mimics and they could uh, pretend to be various identities uh, but I was involved with a guy who was a paranormal investigator and then later I discovered he was actually a abductee himself uh, Brett Oldham who has since written two books about his experiences and um, we started doing some work with the so-called ghost or spirit box and it's, you know, it's an AM, FM radio that uh, you put on a continuous scan, and the idea is that uh, in between the radio programs, you'll sometimes get messages. They'll talk through the white noise. So, you know, I I was kind of, I had worked with trying to do EVPs years before, and generally I was the debunker more than I was, any, you know, saying, hey, this, there's something to this. Uh, I would say, oh, well, I listened to the tape. Well, that's uh, that's someone over in the next room who's talking. We're just picking up a little bit of that. It's surprising what you can pick up on recorders. But in this instance, uh, we were picking up some interesting things, including John Keel a number of times. And I had secretly, the first time, I, I was wanting to, you know, I didn't tell anybody, but I wanted to hear from John Keel. He had just passed. And then on... Uh, in July 3rd of 2010, which was the one-year anniversary of Keel's passing, I asked him when we were together uh, with Brett Oldham and uh, a Sandy Nichols, who also says he's an alien abductee and has ghosts and such around his house. And we were at his house, uh, which some people call the Paranormal Palace, uh, in Thompson Station just south of Nashville. And so we were... Um, you know, we were asking, I said, you, if you don't care, I want to ask uh, some questions of John Keel. And Brett and Sandy and the others that were there were, were all for it. So we set up, I think we had three tape recorders going. And we had a loudspeaker, uh, stereo speakers. And that night, um, I knew something was up because we heard John Keel and, and we heard, uh, you know, Bigfoot because we asked about what can you tell us about Bigfoot? We got Bigfoot. And uh, I asked about, uh, um, you know, different things that I thought Keel, they really didn't know that much about Keel, but I, I was trying to uh, elicit various responses that, uh, you know, might be uh, something Keel would identify with. One of them was, uh, I asked about, Jadu, which of course is a book he wrote in 1957 about his time over over in the uh, east, uh, going from Egypt over to Singapore, where he uh, spent months uh, going through these different villages, and uh, he was up in like uh, uh, Tibetan places. 
and uh, claimed that he, uh, you know, was seeing evidence possibly of Yeti and also uh, some psychic things. But a lot of things he was able to identify because he was an amateur magician uh, as just tricks of the trade. And we'll have these tricks with Gene and Brent and Tim. You're in the Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach. The dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with our tricks of the trade, talking about John Keel and all the interesting things he did over the years by someone who has written about him rather extensively. If John Keel didn't exist, Brent Rains, what would the UFO and paranormal fields in general be like? Well, you know, we had uh, we had people who were approaching those areas, Jacques Vallée, Brad Steiger, and so on, and of course us, but uh, I don't know if... You know, I've, I've, I've thought about it, you know, if uh, I was a teenager and I kind of get into the UFO thing and uh, if it hadn't been for John Keel coming along, I don't know that I would have continued with it, you know. Uh, at some point I might have said, yeah, leave this nuts and bolts thing to somebody else, you know, to figure out. But then he introduced all these other aspects to the equation. Um 
and it became more interesting. I remember an interview that Tim Beckley did with John Keel that uh, he was congratulating him for you know feeling that he was successful in bringing out the psychic element for researchers around the world, I guess from his writings, particularly in Flying Saucer Review in England, and other people were following up and confirming that they were finding the, the same kind of patterns. And Keel told him that it was a hollow victory, that it was sort of like opening Pandora's box, that it only made the subject more complicated and confusing. And uh, certainly, that's why I think a lot of people shy away from pursuing that. You know, they'd rather stick with, uh, you know, the extraterrestrial theory and, and uh, the nuts and bolts aspect, because uh, it's it does make it a lot more complicated <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's uh, pursued into some things that are subjective and, and quite uh, complex, and it's, it's hard to, to figure it all out. I want to go, go back to uh, what you were saying just before we had to go on the break about uh, the uh, EVP session uh, where uh, we had to end it. Uh, you were talking about uh, um, Kiel's journey to the uh, uh, to Asia and Jadu. Yeah. Yes, uh, Jadu being black magic, <laughs> and uh, Kiel, of course, he uh, he was interested in all of that, and he had been a, a fourteen from an early age. And he uh, was very curious about all things strange and anomalous, which really goes back to his early childhood, because um, he was reading 14, Charles Fort. And, and uh, you know, in, in the interview he had with Tim Beckley, you find out that when he was at a very young age, he had uh, seen a spherical UFO when he was only about seven. Uh, people in the neighborhood had seen like a gorilla and... Uh, started going out with shotguns uh, when he was in 1948 he was uh, living around town Times Square and he had one of those uh, peak experience the cosmic consciousness where suddenly it was like he had a download of information he had the an the answer the everything just you know but by the next morning he only had fragments of what uh, had come to him and I believe there was some kind of an illumination in his room at the time and also, at a young age, he uh, was living on his grandparents' farm, and there were rapping sounds, kind of a poltergeist-type phenomenon on the, uh, the wall of his bedroom, and he tried to work out a code where he could communicate with it. So he had that interest, uh, and then in 1966, you know, the UFO phenomena came along, and uh, that's when he decided to jump onto that bandwagon, and he initially didn't think in terms of all this other stuff, until he actually, I think, went out on the road. I mean, he, he was thinking nuts and bolts, E.T. at the time. And I, I kind of wonder how much, uh, when he was in 1968, 69, uh, he was a tech, technical advisor to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. And it's around that time that he became acquainted with, uh, with Lynn Cateau, who uh, actually was had written a 400-page uh, book, a biography book, uh, on UFO publications and how they often reflected a lot of psychic uh, 
uh, spiritual elements, poltergeists and uh, angels and demons and automatic writing and all sorts of psychic stuff. And uh, they actually became very good friends. And I've kind of wondered about how that relationship may have influenced Keel some too. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I found that she's on uh, Facebook, but her account appeared to be uh, dead, and I haven't been able to track her down. That would be quite interesting if she were still alive to be able to uh, to talk with her about uh, her and Keel. They dated for a while, and uh, and Keel broke it off, I understand. <laughs> but they actually showed up in Ohio together and attended uh, one of Tim Beckley's uh, UFO talks, and that's how I found out about their their relationship. And uh, and Tim, I'm sorry if I jumped around there too much because we were going <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the mysteries of the Orient there. Keep his wanderings over there. Well, I mean, uh, uh, with these EVP sections. You know where where there is the possibility that you know you think that uh, you know you got a voice that said John Keel, and I think didn't you also ask something about uh, uh, the uh, Yeti or something like that, and got kind of a, uh, a dismissive response? Yeah, that was uh, we were asking John Keel. Uh, that was July third, two thousand ten, about the uh, about the Bigfoot, you know, and. Uh, uh, the response was, uh, and then there was another voice that said C, and then another one that said C. And it was just interesting. I mean, they were these were pretty clear. And, uh, and we kept, you know, the, we got John Keels quite a number of times, and it was just odd that, you know, I could listen to AM radio for days on end. And uh, I never hear John Keel mentioned, you know. But when we were asking about him, it would come through. One, t- one time, you know, at first I, I, I questioned, okay, is someone playing a trick on me? Does someone have a radio transmitter, and they're outside the house where we're at, and they're transmitting uh, this stuff? You know, I was trying to think, you know, okay, let's be a little skeptical. You know, if people are going to ask you this, Brent, uh, how do you know? <laughs> so... Um, uh, what I did, of course, I eventually acquired a, a ghost box myself and did sessions here at the house with just me and my wife and sometimes my daughter. And, and one that we did in February of 2012, um, all of a sudden there was John Keel Brent and another voice saying Bert here, just like that, you know, <laughs> goes from all this, uh, you know, zipping through radio show programs and DJs and stuff, or music, and then there's John Keel, Brent, Bert here, and and Bert, of course, was you know, uh, Berthold Swartz. I always called him Bert. He had passed on in September of 2010 when I was really beginning with uh, working with the EVP thing, and uh, it seemed like we were getting him. You know, it sounded like we were hearing Doctor Swartz in some of these sessions, um, but you know, getting that one there was. For me, one of the one of the more impressive ones, and then sometimes they were like complete sentences. We were getting Enoch uh, or Enoch, 
some think, thought it was maybe E I E N I K, and I was thinking it sounded more like E N O C H to me. And so I asked, I did a little session one day, and I says, I spent several minutes <laughs> with uh, my recorder and my uh, ghost box with the stereo speakers, and I says, is it Enoch with an O or is it an I? And finally, a voice came through, and I heard it in real time, and it said, Enoch with an O. We've got more to come with Brent Rains and Tim Swartz and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. 
Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from wallofire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Wallofire.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Sprint Reigns is talking about the ghost box and the voices he got, and he's going to continue to explain what this is all about. Well, I don't know if I'm going to explain what it's all about, but <laughs> I'm going to explain some of the anomalies. That, well, look, don't uh, worry about it. Make it up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> As I was just saying, uh, you know, I had one where I was trying to get the uh, determine how this was, whether it was Enoch with an I or an O, and a voice came through, a male voice saying Enoch with an O, just like that. And I was like, holy, and well, I, I cut that part out, but I was pretty startled, and I you know, I said, thank you, and that was it. But that was quite startling. Very rarely do you get a whole sentence like that, but every once in a while, if you're persistent, and uh, it'll, it can happen. It's interesting, the whole EVP phenomena we had on a guest eh, last month uh, that uh, – uh, referenced uh, cases where people uh, were getting like whole conversations through various means, usually uh, uh, radios and uh, uh, the ghost boxes and uh, and even just the digital recordings in, in, in haunted locations seemed at this point almost to uh, have become antiquated. Yeah, and some people seem more, yeah, seem more adept uh, at it. You know, they can get uh, whole conversations uh, rather frequently. It, uh, that didn't work out with me, but I, I, I did it enough where I did get some, I would say, Class A recordings where I could clearly hear, you know, things like John Keel and such. And one of the things that I could hear it, but it was never really a good recording, was was one time. You know, I knew that. John Keel had, uh, you know, as you know, ticked a lot of people off in the field and because and, uh, uh, they disagreed with his thoughts and so on. And so I thought I, one night I said, let's let's play a little game and, and uh, I'm going to mention a name and you tell me like in one word your thoughts on that person. And uh, so we did that and I played it back. And lo and behold, when I was describing what I wanted to do, this voice that to me sounded very much like John Keel said, and what I'd like to say about you. 
So there's a little sense of humor there, uh, at least I hope. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot of stories. Uh, gee, I I don't know, but that that really made me realize that yeah, there there is something there. It's interactive, uh, intelligent, interactive. But uh, I was obsessed with doing these sessions quite a bit for about four years, and then finally I determined. Yeah, this is a little bit like the trickster, you know. I, I just, uh, I can spend a lot of time with this and try to document all this, but I'm, I'm not really being told anything that's really uh, helping me to understand this any better. I'm just, uh, it's like a communication, but it's uh, it's just saying general things, you know, like John Keelbranch, you know, and, Enoch with an O, and uh, and even after I told my friends Enoch with an O, they still thought maybe it was an I. So hey, what did I prove? <laughs> well, you know that's an interesting thing about the the, the phenomena, like you said. You know, you have these definitely unusual experiences that eventually amount to nothing. Uh, there's no real information being passed along and if there is very little uh so you know you're left with these you know almost anecdotal accounts but really nothing to show for it in the long run yeah you know keel said uh if you're someone maybe who's had an experience you, you you in your mind it's very real you see a a craft land before you and a being comes out and he tells you he's from wherever it's a life a person but for those of us who are trying to pursue these investigations this research and determine who what where and all this sort of stuff and and you hear all of these different places that they come from and there are similarities but there are also a lot of uh a lot of differences, you know, in in all these contacts, and there are thousands of them, you know, and uh, some of them, yeah, some of them uh, are people who are delusional, but then some of them seem to check out as being quite, uh, quite uh, um, truthful, you know, or seemingly sincere, and, and uh, there's just so many of these reports, you wonder what what is going on here, you know. Well, it makes you think that it's the experience that is the important aspect and not the information that's being received. Because the information being received, like you said, I mean, it's just all over the place. Everybody has a different story. But the fact that people are having these experiences, you know, maybe that's the important aspect of it all. Yeah. And, you know, what Keela told me and uh, was, you know, the, the contactee experiences was identical to religious apparition phenomena and probably caused by the same factors. And uh, so he recommended I familiarize myself with medical and psychiatric studies of religious cases before I tackled the variation. He also recommended a book uh, by a G.N.M. Terrell, The Theory of Apparitions, 
so he was steering me in this direction of, of studying you know the, uh, those kind of areas and then when I uh, I met Dr. Berthold Schwartz a psychiatrist who who was really brought into the field by Keel he was recommending in interviews and to me and my wife uh, and and everybody really uh, Peter Jordan to read Dr. Nanda Forder's uh, Encyclopedia of Psychic Science. Uh, he was a New York uh, psychoanalyst, Forder was, and uh, he was uh, he wrote other books too on, on psychic phenomena, but Keel felt that that book reflected a, a lot of the same elements that we find in the UFO close encounter contact high strange cases. Certainly his UFO Dynamics uh, two-volume book is filled with such accounts, and uh, he approached it very, you know, analytically as a psychiatrist. And uh, uh, John Keel certainly wrote in Fake Magazine that it was one of the five best books out there, but the mainstream pretty much ignored it because the areas that, you know, uh, Dr. Schwartz was examining uh, were areas that they, you know, involved in the psychic consciousness, and uh, they just... uh, you know, they wanted to stick with what they were comfortable with. And uh, so I invite everybody to pursue whatever areas, you know, and put that information out there. And I mean, it's science is about peer review anyway, you know. <laughs> hey, we got all sorts of things to talk about. Science, psychic phenomena, John Keel, all sorts of strange goings on with Brent, Tim and Gene. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News. The former CEO for the failed FTX cryptocurrency exchange tweeted that he was willing to testify before Congress, but Sam Bankman-Fried says he wouldn't be as helpful as he would like to be. Carrie Lake is challenging her defeat in the Arizona gubernatorial election. The Republican lost by less than a percent to Katie Hobbs, the state's Democratic Secretary of State. The vote count between the two candidates was outside of the margin needed to trigger a recount. Charges have been dismissed against former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder in relation to the Flint water crisis. He's the eighth person to have a case thrown out in the scandal after a unanimous opinion from the state's Supreme Court that indictments from a one-person grand jury are invalid. It took two overtime periods for Army to defeat Navy in college football 20-17, to the game held in Philadelphia for the 90th time. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let us continue with our exploration of the goings-on with our guest, Brent Rains. By the way, he'll also be hanging with us for the After the Paracast podcast, available only if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus streaming service. Brent? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, the, the, there's so many different layers to all this. And uh, one of the things that, that intrigued me, too, like, you know, Jacques Vallée pointed out that uh, the United States here, we're just like 2% of the coverage of the planet. 98% is, is uh, we, we don't give enough attention to. There's a whole global terrain where all of these events, all these anomalous occurrences are happening. And it's important to uh, examine all of that. And I got to delve a little bit into the like events in Brazil, which is a country with a ton of anomalous reports coming out of there. And I met Bob Pratt, who was at the time very, very active with the National Enquirer. And uh, he got to go to all these different countries, Argentina, Bolivia, Japan, Chile, and Mexico, Peru, Philippines, and Brazil, which he found by far the most fascinating. He went uh, four times there to conduct investigations for the National Enquirer. 
because they assigned him to the UFO desk, which he really wasn't happy with because he thought all that UFO stuff, if you had enough information, you were going to explain it away. And his first assignment uh, up around Michigan, he found that, wow, there was all these witnesses and he couldn't explain it. And I met him just a few months after that happened, and he was like a new convert to this thing. Uh, he he had worked as an editor for some paper in Virginia for about seven years, and every time a UFO report would come across a teletype, he would crumble it up and throw it in a waste paper basket. So I interviewed him in June of 2003 for my magazine, and that was his final investigation, just, you know, because the month before he had been down, I think, about three weeks in, in Brazil. One of the places he visited that was uh, a lot of high strangeness was the island of Calaris at the mouth of the, the Amazon. He visited Amazon. He visited there four separate times. And uh, Jacques Vallée also visited there, in, in, uh, which he wrote up in his book, Confrontations. It seems like the there was a lot of activity in and around that region, around northern Brazil at that time in 1977, overlapping into 78. And on this small island, there was like 40 patients, ages 18 to 50, who often uh, were struck by these beams of light. They would uh, often strike them in the chest area. It was like a bad sunburn. In the center, there were often like two marks, uh, puncture-like, and they would suffer headaches, dizziness, trembling, and their red blood cell counts uh, dropped, and they would they would be afflicted for about seven days. And uh, there was this uh, lady doctor on the island who was treating these people. She was initially skeptical. She thought it was uh, some superstitious uh, beliefs of uh, being the called chupas that were like uh, kind of like vampires, and uh, they were just doing this stuff to themselves or something. But uh, Anyway, there was one of the people that Bob Pratt interviewed, uh, uh, Miss Miss Claudia Rodriguez, who said that she was hit by a beam, and she saw where it came from was uh, uh, through the window uh, of her hut, uh, a being with like a diving suit on it looked like, humanoid being, with some sort of pistol in his hand, and it hit her chest, and she had these three small uh, pinpoint scars there, in a triangular pattern, they bled for, from all three places. And uh, the military uh, came in, the Brazilian military, and they got all these photographs. There were also civilian uh, newspaper people who camped out on the island and were taking pictures of these objects. Uh, the doctor eventually saw a large cylindrical object floating above the main street of town there, and she walked uh, along. Uh, just mesmerized by what she was seeing. In Valley's book, he, he you know, asked the question, uh, <laughs> you know, was somewhat testing an exotic weapon over the vast interior of Brazil, where our communities are almost nil and where our communications are almost nil and where chances of observation are small. And one of the weird things, and I, I hope that, you know, when I interviewed Valley back uh, some years back, and he wasn't able to uh, really tell me any more, was in the book he writes that all the photo negatives from these newspaper newspapers uh, of the photographers that are taking pictures of these objects were purchased by a, quote, unnamed American firm. 
you know, that uh, that has intrigued me immensely. I'd like to know who that firm was. <laughs> um, but I had uh, gotten to meet uh, a Cynthia Newby Luce. I corresponded with her, and she came up to a conference I was speaking at for the Association for Research and Enlightenment back in uh, December of 2005, and Valley was there, and uh, she came there uh, from Brazil. She was actually an American who had lived years in, in Brazil. She has a master's in experimental psychology and anthropology, and she lived in a mountain village that was uh, north of Rio de Janeiro, very isolated little village. And uh, she had experienced some very weird things herself. And she became a uh, one of the translators that Bob Pratt would use when he was in Brazil to uh, do investigations because she could speak uh, pretty fluent uh, Portuguese. And... Uh, so I interviewed her. She had a uh, she had had a, a remarkable sighting. It uh, sounds really anomalous. I mean, she saw what looked like a metallic cylindrical object with like windows in it that was going into a hillside. She was driving uh, this little valley with a creek beside her, and she come around a corner, and there's this metallic thing going into a, a hillside. You know, like it was just a cloud and disappeared into the ground. And, uh, you know, I found that there were other <laughs> other stories very similar. Tom Dongo has some out in Sedona, Arizona, where there's a uh, rock cliff that people have seen these flying disks uh, just fly into and disappear. Okay, of course, we're talking here about the so-called portal areas that are supposed to be locations where more crazy stuff occurs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, window areas, Keel called them, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we can open the window for all this stuff, yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, the late uh, Paul Benowitz had a, uh, a, a photograph that uh, he took himself, even though that he was uh, being hoaxed by the, uh, the, the, the Air Force, that uh, the the photograph he had taken was near uh, Dulce, New Mexico, where he said that uh, he saw three strange lights um, enter a, uh, um, a a cliff face, and has a uh, you know uh, had a photograph to prove you know to show what he was seeing. Yeah, there've been people have uh, have seen things that just uh, seem to go into a or appear from like a portal. Um, and uh, I've, I know there's a woman up near Chicago, seems a very reliable woman who actually worked with Dr. Heineck. Hey there, folks. I'd like to remind all of you that Brent will be back on the After the Paracast podcast. That's available exclusively if you're a subscriber to our streaming service. That's the Paracast Plus. So to find more information about it, go to theparacast.plus, P-L-U-S, theparacast.plus. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We've got more to talk about with Brent and Tim and Jean. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813813. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. 
You mentioned the H word, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, Brent Rains. Please go on. Okay, well, anyway, this woman had a, a series of experiences uh, misbehaving UFOs. The objects would, uh, you know, well, some of it seemed like it was portals. She described how there was actually, and one time she had support group meetings for other experiences at her home. And uh, one gentleman she introduced me to was uh, actually a, a scientist who uh, worked in astrophysics, and uh, he had had some experiences that uh, both she and this this man were both, you know, familiar with Doctor uh, Doctor Heinick and and Mark Rodinger in particular. So, anyway, at one time this this astrophysicist man and and uh, uh, Mary, who is uh, experienced in going back to childhood, as many of them are, uh, they were just talking after a, a meeting, and uh, this this uh, scientist and this woman were standing in front of her, and suddenly they were gasping, they were their jaws dropped, and she's looking in the direction beside her, where they're where they're looking, she didn't see anything, but they were saying that a like a doorway appeared, and there was like this hooded figure, and above the figure were like these little tiny little orbs or sparks of things up near the ceiling, and it lasted just a few seconds and then disappeared. And uh, she's also an experimental psychologist, and she also studied quantum physics, so she felt that that was something related to physics, you know, and it seemed that from time to time there were like portal things that happened in her in her own home. Uh, she described once uh, one of the family, there was a power blackout, as I recall, and one of the family members disappeared and she found this opening in the living room, I believe it was, and she went into it and then this this hand pushed her back and it didn't look human, <laughs> and uh, prevented her from going any further. And then, of course, you know, there was the whole switch-off thing where, you know, um, lose consciousness in some of this activity. She also described a small, very small bell-shaped craft landing in the backyard one day, and uh, three very tall humanoids and some, like, children-sized beings all came out of this small, like, I think it was like three-foot-tall craft, and they just suddenly appeared as a group near from it and then just spread out and then came up and communicated with her. And, uh, and there have been instances where, um, oh, there was, oh, see if I can remember this. Uh, there was something that came in the window, kind of a, little orb type thing and she put her hand up in front of her and it was like her hand disappeared she could still see the orb and there are cases like that too where uh, there was a foreign case where this person 
had seen a, like an orb drop into a bush. And he went over with a stick and he stuck it uh, into the bush and suddenly the stick and part of his hand disappeared. Uh, that was back in 1957. I, Yugoslavia, I think, might have been where it was. And it was a Brazilian case where a UFO light beam struck uh, a car and the top of the car disappeared. Seemingly, you could see the craft above shooting the, the beam of light down. And he he ran, got out of the car, and ran down the road, and then passed out. Um, yeah, those... Uh, um, I don't know. The guy that was studying the physics, uh, he had some pretty extraordinary contacts, and uh, he approached Dr. Hynek, who seemed kind of reluctant at first to to be involved. He said, well, you know I'm going to have to investigate you thoroughly, check your background and everything, if we agree to, to investigate your case. He said, okay, that's fine. So he said they did, and... Uh, he uh, he said at one point he had an experience where he went to like a he was having stress and he was told to go to a certain hospital and when he went in there it was the very strange there was like this one one woman at a desk and he went in and uh, saw this doctor who was very unusual tall and, and just you know um well the thing was this went on and he was getting kind of suspicious as to what was happening he uh he was treated uh because he had this blackout spell um after like a he felt he had a ufo encounter and he blacked out and he and uh he was had like a, uh, I think, a heart attack. And so, anyway, he ended up in the hospital and all this. Uh, he was in the hospital, but he was taken for some evaluation, which he later went back to this building, and there was no no, no hospital, no doctor, anything. It was an abandoned building. <laughs> and uh, his medical bill was, he said, taken care of by somebody. Uh, they told him, no, he didn't have to pay a thing. And he was there for about a week or so. And uh, I heard a story in Florida that was very similar to that. And uh, I wonder if you guys have ever heard anything like that, where someone takes care of, uh, you know, someone who's been injured or something in an encounter, and they go to a hospital and uh, somebody pays the bill after their extensive evaluation. You know, what's interesting about hospitals, though, I spent several times in the hospital over the past year and a half, actually, seven visits to outpatient centers and to real hospitals. And before the insurance coverage, you get these bills from the hospital, and they're outrageous. I mean, you go in there for a couple of hours of something, and it's $50,000. Right now, I think I've run up about half a million dollars. But of course, my insurance company gives them a discount they're forced to accept and say 50000 maybe 5000 But if you're somebody without insurance, forget about it. But having somebody pay the bill, I wonder if they were charged at the original rate or what the insurance companies would pay. Just a thought. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they these people were mystified by it anyway.
but uh, yeah, back in the Brazilian. Well, well, anyway. Well, I was going to say the story is very reminiscent of some of these uh, uh, like time slip stories that I've I've run across, where somebody will be say like you know driving uh, at night and they'll come across say like a a restaurant out in the little middle of nowhere. We'll go and uh, eat, get great service. You know the the people inside may be kind of weird, but uh, you know oh, nothing yeah. too out of the ordinary. And then later on their way back, there's nothing there. Yeah, those are those are intriguing accounts, uh, time slips, the Oz effect, and I remember you wrote a uh, extensive article on the the Oz effect thing in UFOs some years back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was talking with a um, uh, Nancy Dutotri, who used to live in New Jersey. Now she let she lives in Florida. I got to meet her uh, uh, somewhere before last. And she was telling me a, a story that she had told me before about how she and her daughter went to a movie theater in New Jersey, a, a city that had about 50,000 people. And at this theater they went into, it was always always very busy. Uh, it's in a mall, and it's, it's a busy place. And they went to watch a movie. When they came out, there was nobody in the theater. Uh, it was like everybody had gone, but they went out the door. The parking lot was empty. And I was like, what's going on? And then her daughter looked up and saw this large boomerang-shaped UFO in the sky. And they were, you know, quite excited about it. Went back home, and and uh, Nancy says, uh, you go to the other room. You draw what you saw. I'll draw what I saw. And said when they, they got their drawings together, it was the, the same thing. And, uh, and then afterwards, they also had... Uh, Strange phone calls with some kind of a weird type uh, voice, and it would interrupt conversations they were having between them, and then later it ended up interrupting conversations with friends too. But um, with some kind of a metallic type voice. But uh, I was so interested in the idea. You know what? Before we get further into this idea. Let's continue with Brent and Tim and Gene. You're in the Puracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. 
And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm intrigued just thinking about the prospects of something like this. Especially, by the way, the theater that was empty when I left the movie theater, because maybe they didn't like me. (laughs) I was thinking at the time, I need to really focus on this aspect, you know, the Oz, the time slips or whatever. And, and uh, you know, it was right after that, rather synchronistically, that someone who contributed articles to my alternate perceptions online magazine that very same day claimed that he had this really weird experience he had never had before. And so I asked him, well, gee, please tell me, <laughs> tell me what this was. And it was kind of like one of those experiences. And he consulted with uh, another lady in Ohio. And this is Rick Helberg, by the way, who I'm sure you all know. <laughs> and uh, she had similar stories that she had heard over the years. So I contacted her. And, yeah, I've been intrigued with, you know, with all these things. It's like a connect the dots thing to see where all these high strange kind of scenarios might lead us. Well, that story almost sounds like that, uh, you know, this, this woman and her daughter were actually taken out of the flow of time. And that's why there wasn't anybody else around. The material world was still there, but everybody else was, you know, continuing on the timeline. And they were left behind or ahead or or what have you to have their strange experience. There's really a lot of these stories, you know, that uh, exist out there. Of course, that's one of the areas that that Keel also focused on, um, as well as Ginny... uh, no, over in England. Uh, Jenny Randalls. Jenny Randalls. I, I, for some reason, Jenny Reeves hit my head, and I knew that wasn't right. Thank you. <laughs> Jenny Randalls uh, and her you know, research in what she called the Oz effect. She really was the one that really brought it, I think, really brought it out to all of us. And uh, a lot of uh, these UFO experiences, contact experiences, whatever, they, they do have those experiences, too, quite a, quite a bit. Um, I know there was a gentleman that uh, Tim Beckley introduced me to that I did an interview with and I got to meet. Uh, He was in in Nashville. He was a country music singer, 
um, who uh, his experience, I think, was 1976 out in Las Vegas, and he was he was a country singer and and uh, actor, stuntman, and uh, anyway, he had encountered. Uh, he was driving out in the desert, and he had been in Las Vegas before, and he was looking for a certain place he had been to before, and. And uh, I think he got lost, and uh, while he was out there, and ended up uh, uh, having uh, some kind of car trouble. So he stopped and put up the hood, and he, he had noticed this blimp type thing. And then there was these uh, suddenly these two beings that appeared, humanoid beings, and one of them approached him and communicated with him, and and produced this globe-like thing in his left hand, and it started spinning, and I think increased in size. And uh, he gave him a message, you know, about how we were upsetting the balance of things with our nuclear explosions, which we hear from a lot of contact experiences. And then later on, he's, um, he's in a, a building in Las Vegas telling some people about this and trying to get a drawing, I think, done at the time, what uh, the alien looked like. And uh, suddenly these two men who look like these aliens uh, come in and uh, start claiming it was from, they were from Sirius. And then they leave and and they say, hey, we got to follow these guys, see who they are. They, they rushed out, went down this hall and out into the parking lot. And they, had, they were just ahead of them a ways. But as soon as they got outside, they went out in this parking lot, normally filled with cars, was just empty, and the guys were nowhere to be seen. And uh, so, it, you, you know, you hear a, a lot of those <laughs> those stories, really. Um, yeah, that, ge- that gentleman was uh, Johnny Sands. Yes, Johnny Sands. And uh, I was uh, able to interview him a few years back when he was still alive, uh, at a uh, fairgrounds in, in Nashville. He was uh, uh, performing there, and we, we went into this trailer and uh, and talked a while, did a little interview. Very, very interesting guy. Well, the other uh, interesting aspect of that story is that that building that, you, uh, that, he, that he was in with a couple other guys, they were uh, um, talking with him to, uh, I, I think that they were wanting to do like a, they claimed a documentary about his experiences, even though he hadn't told anybody at the time. They just approached him out of the blue, took him to that building. They, you know, had this other strange experience. And then the next day when Johnny went back, the office that he had originally so the office where they uh, took him to, I mean, typical office, uh, full of furniture, bustling. When Johnny went back the next day, it was completely empty. Cobwebs doesn't look like, didn't look like that anybody had been there for a long time. A security guard even said that, nope, nobody's been in here for uh, quite a while. So another, uh, another anomalous, another anomalous time effect, I guess. Yeah, he had told me that story as well. There was uh, a lot of different peculiar aspects to that account, yeah. That's interesting. Thanks for bringing that up, too. Um, 
so, you know, we have people who are really interested in the whole UFO phenomena, but these kind of stories just really make them mad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, yes. the, the, the paranormal aspects, the high weirdness. I mean, they, they just want to hear, you know, that uh, uh, UFOs are extraterrestrials uh, uh, from other planets. I mean, you know, uh, what would you say to somebody like that who's just like, you know, all of this weird stuff, I just don't want to hear it? Well, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had that experience uh, quite often. And, and all you can say is, well, you know, uh, I find that there's uh, enough people, credible-seeming people, that uh, have had these experiences, and I think they deserve study. But, you know, uh, everybody's got to pursue whatever angle or aspect uh, best suits them. I think every, you know, as Dr. Swartz used to tell people, come on in, the water's, the water's fine. Uh you know, if you want to be uh, the physics, nuts and bolts, whatever, go at it. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pursue these other areas, too, the alternative areas, the the consciousness, the parapsychological, whatever, you know, that uh, also seem to be a part of some of these cases. You know, you can't uh, please everybody, so, you know, you got to please yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an old song from Ricky Nelson. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, so anyway, I uh, I for my book on John Keel, I I was interested in getting other people's perspectives, and I interviewed uh, quite a number of people who had known him. Uh, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley wrote the forward, and I also interviewed her. She had known Keel quite well. And Dr. Michael Grosso and uh, his her form his former literary agent uh, Sandra Martin. Uh, I also interviewed her, Brad Steiger, uh, Dan Dresen, uh, who was mentioned several times in uh, the Mothman prophecies. Before Packham we list Blanc- more of the people that you interview, and it sounds like you hit on a great number to get that information about John Keel. You didn't call me though but I won't hold that against you. Hey there, folks. I'd like to remind all of you that Brent will be back on the After the Powercast podcast. That's available exclusively if you're a subscriber to our streaming service. That's the Powercast Plus. We've got Brent Rains, Gene Steinberg, and Tim Swartz. All this means is we all get together and gather and hear the words, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As I said, Brent, I'm not holding it against you that you didn't contact me about my experiences with John Keel. It doesn't matter. We'll talk about them on the air. Yes, by all means. And, uh, you know, I said I might write a uh, a second book, so fire away. <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned this before on the show a few times. How we first met John Keel. Once again, this is going back to... Mid-60s, I'm working with Jim Mosley at Saucer News. 
303 Fifth Avenue, that place we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And John Keel walks in. He's writing an article for Playboy on UFOs because Playboy had more than just pictures of scantily clad women or unclad women. It had articles they tried to have intellectual pieces. The article was never written, but Keel had lots of material that he could use for his books and articles in other places. That's how I first met him. Yeah, that article eventually got assigned to Dr. Hynek, <laughs> taken away from Keel. But he did uh, go to the Pentagon, spent about two hours, and he had a write-up about that encounter that he had at the Pentagon with someone representing the Air Force position on UFOs. I remember uh, he said that the Air Force uh, person tried to dissuade him from saying there was nothing to it, Keel. Uh, you're just wasting your time, and uh, there's nothing to it. And Keel said, well, I know there is something to it, because I've seen one of them. And uh, so anyway, they they kind of locked horns. <laughs> what about you, Brent? Uh, uh, have you had any uh, UFO experiences? I have seen lights at a distance uh, that I thought were odd, but... Unfortunately, doggone it, I have not had one of those where the classic disc with the dome comes landing and I get to go over and, and you know, touch it, kick it, whatever, because I, I might get burned like Steve Michalik did up there in Canada, so, I, you know, there's a hazard to that, but <laughs> everything has been at a great distance and all I could see was like a light, you know. But, but, even, uh, but even from a distance, it seemed odd. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of wondered about it, you know. And um, now I've um, I've had an experience that I I've had synchronicities. I've had uh, you know, of course, I had the EVPs, but I also had an experience back in the fall of '75 when I was quite active. And uh, but I, the way it happened, I know that it's uh, it was more like a. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what someone called trance logic, the way it, it panned out. I was I was interested in the, uh, I was kind of going through an ex- existential crisis at the time, and I was looking at these events as, as religious phenomena and uh, wondering if it was a battle of good and evil. You know, you've heard that before. So, you know, I was hearing different versions of you know people telling me this and telling me to think this way and do this and so on. So I eventually said, Creator, can you just you know show something that I can relate to that'll give me some kind of understanding uh, what this is about, you know? And so a couple nights later, uh, I'm crawling into bed after you know a little after eleven o'clock. And I'm really tired, and I'm not even thinking about uh, UFOs or anything. I'm just thinking about getting a good night's sleep. And usually when I crawl into bed, I I crawl right under the covers, and I'm on my side or on my stomach. And uh, on this particular occasion, as soon as I was getting into bed, next thing I knew, I was, I thought, I really thought I was walking toward back out of the bedroom. It was a long room, maybe about 20 foot, and my bed was at one end, the, the door to the hallway was at the other end, and so I'm I'm seeing myself going toward the, uh, the door, which was open with the light on in the hall, 
Uh, my mother was already in bed in the next room. My father was getting ready to go to bed. He was in the bathroom. And so I walk about midway, or I thought I was walking, <laughs> and suddenly I stop. And in my mind, I know that it's uh, someone was behind me and they stopped me. Which makes, that's, you know, it's translogic, it didn't make any sense. That's the, the thing of translogic. I was, I was just like, yeah, okay, they stopped me. In reality, my normal reaction would have been, who's stopping me? Look around, you know, <laughs> uh, question this. So anyway, I continue to look toward the, the door in the, open to the hallway. No question, that's where I was, I guess, supposed to focus my attention because all of a sudden there were all these, looked like hundreds of small, pulsating, translucent or transparent uh, white balls of pulsating light. And they seem to be spinning around, and they come down near the floor, and they seem to be clustering together into the form of, look like a small four-legged animal. And the next thing I know, I'm laying on my bed staring at the ceiling, which would be kind of odd for me because, you know, normally I crawl into bed, and like I say, I'm, I jump in, and I'm, I'm under the covers, and I'm, uh, but I'm laying on top of the bed staring at the ceiling on my back. One of the things I had asked, you know, two days before was, you know, creator, whatever you show me, uh, I don't want to be scared. Can you, you know, you know, no, uh, I don't want to have any fearful reactions. Well, in this experience, it was just a, an experience of acceptance. There was actually no emotion at all. I was just observing what was happening. And it happened very quickly. I mean, you know, it was... Uh, no missing time that I could detect. Uh, my father came out of the bathroom, and I followed him downstairs, and I told him what had happened. And he said, well, you, you had a dream. And I said, well, that doesn't normally happen like that, you know. But that was, uh, you know, and that kind of was like a, what a lot of people have, you know, the contactees I've been interviewing in my travels have described things that, you know, were almost visionary-like and such. And... And since it was uh, a religious thing, I thought that it was kind of like a, maybe like a vision. And, um, but I was perceiving this some kind of, like, intelligent energy or something. And uh, so years later, I, I was uh, reading young and, uh, and I thought about this and uh, I wanted to, uh, pursue something he described, um, a kind of a meditation where you you just allow yourself to try to dissociate yourself from like the left brain and just observe. And so I was watching all these inner pictures and so on flashing before my eyes and pretty soon I went to sleep and during the night I, I was back in that bedroom in Maine and there were people walking around, and I was feeling kind of uncomfortable about, you know, who are these people? And then my mother, then my mother, that was, this is feedback from me. Huh. You know what? You'll have more feedback with Brent and Tim and Jean in a moment. You're in the Pericast. <laughs> listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Stock market have you nervous with massive fluctuations? With the impact of inflation and the upcoming midterm elections, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you won't have to guess. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how you can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. That's right, 87.4%. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 and find the consistency and confidence you've been looking for in your trading. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. No more guessing when to get in or out of a trade. Text MONEY to 813-813. We'll send you a link to our free live training. Protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting the word DEMO, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology or pre-recorded voice about offers or info by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text MONEY to 813-813. USA Radio News. Charges have been dismissed against former Michigan Governor Rick Snyder in relation to the Flint water crisis. He's the eighth person to have a case thrown out in the scandal after a unanimous opinion from the state's Supreme Court over the summer ruling a one-person indictment is not proper. Carrie Lake challenging her defeat in the Arizona gubernatorial election from last month. The Republican lost by less than a percent to Katie Hobbs, the state's Democratic Secretary of State. The vote count between the two candidates was outside the margin needed to trigger an automatic recount. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Kremlin forces have turned the city of Bakhmut in the eastern part of his country into ruins. Russian President Vladimir Putin focusing on the four Ukrainian provinces that he has claimed to have annexed into the Russian Federation. Twitter is being sued for not paying for private flights for one of their executives. The case is in federal district court. You're listening to USA Radio News. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information, or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special 
DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Brandon, I want to go back to your original experience and you're trying to go to sleep or something. You sure this wasn't a sleep paralysis kind of event? Uh, well, no, I, I can't say what it was, really. That's for long, you know, I, I, it was something that I was, uh, I found intriguing, you know, for years, I just, I, I'd tell different people, uh, I didn't really speak of it because it was so different from what uh, ufologists generally talk about. But, um, you know, it, the memory of it never went away. I even told John Keel about it at one time. And uh, and what he told me was simply that 1975 was also a very busy UFO year, uh, busier he felt than 73. But anyway, in a few years ago, 2018, 2019, I, I did this meditation, and that night I had this uh, dream about um, uh, about being back in the room, and there were these people there, made me feel uncomfortable. Then my mother appeared in the, about the center of the room, where this experience in my dream-like state, but it was very vivid, had occurred, and I went up and hugged her. She was, uh, she had died years before. And uh, then right after that, there was a woman who claimed to be quite psychic. Uh, she and her sister live in Nashville. They're from Texas originally. And her mother uh, had an experience with an alien being that landed outside her house in 1957. That experience changed the mother and also changed the way that the daughters looked at things. And uh, they all developed at a psychic level, and so she wrote me and said, uh, Brent, I just had a strange dream. You were in it, and in the dream, you came to the house with some people as a TV repairman, and my mother, who's been dead for years, was also there, and there was like a comic thing between you and her, and she could actually... Uh, she was saying that your uh, your wife is going to be okay. You had some concern about that, and uh, she had my wife has COPD, and I was concerned at the time. Um, but anyway, I thought it was real interesting that you know these, these two mother dreams came together like that, and uh, later on there was somebody else who described having uh, her mother, deceased mother, appear to her in a dream. And she said, and she first wrote to me, this woman that I'd interviewed before who lives out in Missouri, that uh, in her dream there was this, uh, 
she was in this room and there were people crouched down on the floor and she was the only one standing and there was glass all around her and it seemed like the sun or something was about to explode and her deceased mother appeared to her and wrapped her arms around her and said I don't want you to feel you're alone and then there was this bright burst of light and she woke up and said she had a sunburn she said how do you get a sunburn from a dream but I thought it was just interesting that again we had the the mother and you know deceased mother in the the dream um but this lady who first you know contacted me about this uh there have been a number of times where uh she would you know come up with things that related uh synchronistically with what i was working on at the time so and i've had that with some other people this this uh kind of synchronistic things uh and so it's just interesting it's not sure what it all means or you know i but uh it's just uh part of it and uh i remember dr swartz saying uh saying something about if you're uh not having synchronicities you're you're uh not quite getting there so <laughs> you're not doing it right <laughs> not doing it right <laughs> well you tend to think here synchronicities it could be of course simple coincidence and maybe we're reading too much into things, or I'm just giving you the devil's advocate view here, or something weird happens, and that's probably true with a lot of us, or we get things right, and we don't realize the 99 times that it was all wrong or had no meaning, we remember where it did. So it seems like there's a trend. Yeah, I know. Uh, you have to play the devil's advocate in all of this, and, and uh, uh, believe me, I... Uh, I, you know, I look for the patterns, the coincidences. It'd be nice if we had just a uh, a piece of uh, the saucer and we could take it to a lab and and uh, finally confirm, yes, it's not of earthly material, you know, or find one of these portals and walk through it ourselves and, and hopefully come back and tell the story. But, uh, yeah, you just have to, you know, Wonder. There was, like I say, there were other really surprising coincidences. Some, some of this uh, EVP. Someone said maybe that's kind of like a synchronicity too. Um, but uh, like I say, John Keel coming through an AM radio over and over—that was just weird. Unfortunately, you know, there was no engineer there to cut him off. <laughs> well, I don't know if I wanted an engineer there to cut him off. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I would like to have heard more, but, you know, it um, just uh, identifying yourself as John Keel and, you know, saying Bigfoot and and Jadu and stuff, as intriguing as it was, um, it um, didn't really provide me with, you know, hard answers. Intriguing, it just showed to me that there was like, it seemed like an intelligent, interactive response uh, but like a lot of these phenomena, it, uh, you know, it doesn't lead you to deeper conclusions. Um, other than perhaps it's like a, maybe like a trickster phenomena. Maybe the trickster is a teacher to, uh, of sorts. And uh, they don't like you to really know their true identity. Well, I think if someone said, hi, I'm John Keel. I would think if I'm hearing a voice, first I'm imagining it. If I'm not, how do I know you're John Keel? And I've had interactions with John Keel, so if I really heard from him from the other side, 
I would know it because whatever that entity was would repeat or remind me of those experiences. Well, um, I hope then. Anyway, <laughs> you might think that now, but you know, um, even Keel said that you know um, uh, he had had someone who recorded a psychic medium and there was a, a personality that came through that was the guy said was identical he was convinced it was this person but keel said how do you know they you know these things can mimic uh you know what we uh identities or whatever and uh uh certainly i got what i asked for you know i wanted to hear from john keel and it started coming through but you know um and I've talked with Keel on the phone. I still don't know if it's, I can't say that it's really Keel or a, a pretty impressive imitation. Hey, clarify, you talk with Keel on the phone while he was still alive or what? Yeah, while he was still alive, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I would assume yeah. then that chances are nobody's coming around to imitate John Keel and the person you talked to was probably him or he. Could be, could be. And, you know, John Keel had a, an experience, it seems, that he left out of uh, the Mothman Prophecies, where he mentions this uh, Joe guy who was a longtime friend of his. That in fact, he was best man at his wedding in 1950. And this came about from actually tracking down Dan Drazen, who's mentioned in Mothman Prophecies a number of times. He was there at... Keel's apartment when the news came through the television about the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. And because um, they were waiting for, uh, Keel thought he was going to be uh, another prophecy about a, a power blackout that night. And instead, it came over the television about a, uh, a collapse of a bridge on the Ohio River. We and, will talk more about that collapse, the Silver Bridge, with Brent, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience, so I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Americans have the most colorful language in the world, and that vibrant language is our basis for thinking in big ways, new ways, efficient ways, and better ways. Americans have freedom of speech. The pairing of our colorful language and freedom of speech has made us the people and the nation that we are today. Imagine what it would be like not having the freedom to speak our minds 
communicate our thoughts and ideas and hear those from others. Americans have a passion for and yearn for the truth. There are those who want to destroy our freedom and right to hear the truth. The truth is under attack. GCN is under attack. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to free speech. Would you like to join us? Please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. Please help us bring you the truth 24 hours per day. I'm Vincent Finelli. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. We're talking, of course, about the Silver Bridge Point, Pleasant, West Virginia. Am I correct? Right. You're correct. And Dan Dresden... Just write that down, folks, because it doesn't happen too often. (laughs) You know, of course, a number of people had felt that there was going to be some kind of disaster on the Ohio River. The newspaper reporter, Mary Heyer, uh, when it happened, she said, you know, when Keel finally reached her early the next morning because the phone lines were all messed up, she told him that it was just like her dream of Christmas packages on the Ohio River. There were 46 people who perished uh, from that collapse of the bridge. And that seemed to pinpoint that that was the disaster that had been coming through from various, various people. Anyway, this Dan Dresden sent me a copy of a letter that Keel wrote him later. You know, they were both in the apartment that night, and, 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 and Joe was a witness to this friend of Keel's uh, named Joe who came to his house. He hadn't seen him in years, and they even went to a Jim Mosley talk. 
in downtown New York together, and they also went out to eat. And he was at his apartment that evening. He said he was a big guy with a, a powerful handshake. But then later on, Keel met uh, this guy's wife in Macy's. He said, oh, hey, you know, how you doing? And uh, I met I met your husband a while ago. And she said, oh, well, John, he passed away of a heart attack. He says, oh, no. So she says, at some point there, uh, well, when did this happen? And she says, July 1965. And he says, no, you must be wrong. I saw him in uh, December 1967, you know, a little over two years later. And she said, no, no, John, he, he, you know, don't you think I know I was there for the whole thing. I, I was there when he passed, when, you know, the funeral and everything. I know when he died. Anyway, Keel wrote to Dan Dresden and said, well, I have had a, uh, a lot of sleepless nights since then. This really, really seemed to bother him. And then somebody else I met, an uh, investigator from Maryland, had talked with him at the 2003 Mothman Festival when they did the unveiling of the statue there in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Keel told this story also to, uh, to this man and... Uh, he said, uh, well, well, John, isn't that a very remarkable experience? What do you think of it? And he said that Keel said, it hurts my brain too much to think much of it. You know, it seemed to really bother him. You know, when you look at things like that, you wonder, number one, what about the possibility of doppelgangers, that there is a physical match to you? And I've seen articles where, you see two people from different parts of the world who really look very close to one another and they meet and it gets to be very interesting. So we know there is a possibility of a genetic duplicate or something close. Of course, with me, it would be your worst nightmare to find a second one of me. So <laughs> don't even assume that. That's one possibility. One possibility is somebody's punking him and pretending to be this guy, and maybe they put on makeup or they look similar to this guy, but to actually have dinner with somebody who's been dead for a while, that sounds like the Twilight Zone. Yes. Well, or maybe it's the many worlds uh, quantum hypothesis there. <laughs> There's duplicates of us out there. But the thing was that Keel talked with him for several hours and did all these things with him, and, and they had so much conversation that he had they said this guy had all of uh, Joe's memories. Of course, now a lot of people would have seen this. There was a tragedy here, and suddenly a friend who is dead comes to you that very day and uh, shows you that there's life after death. I've visited you from the beyond, you know, and, and they would have been excited because John Keel is a, what, is a lifelong atheist. He had trouble with that because his idea of the ultra-terrestrials, the elementals, they were tricky and deceptive, and it just really seemed to, to bug him. But a lot of people would have looked at that and uh, started going to church, I guess. Because John Keel had a great sense of humor. Maybe the entire story is something he made up? Well, I can't say. I have passed it on because it uh, was so intriguing, and, and uh, Dan Drazen was there. He also visited West Virginia in 67 uh, four times with 
and was going to, even going to do a documentary, and he experienced some of the things that, that Keel did down there. Dan Dresden was quite puzzled by it. He seemed to believe it. Certainly with Dan Dresden, a lot of people had a lot of faith in him, because I know I, I talked to uh, Jeffrey Mishlove, who does the new thinking a lot. He's known Dan Drazen for about 31 years. And he says, if uh, Dan Drazen says he met this guy and, you know, all that. So unless it was uh, some sort of elaborate trick, yeah, of Keel's, I would hate to think that uh, Keel would do something like that. But if you're going to be objective and, and look at all sides of the coin. Well, I uh, think it's fair to do that in something like this. It is just... So weird to think about it. Well, of course, it could be the duplicate from the fifth dimension or something, whatever dimension they're from. And they come here and they interact and they leave, but they have the overall awareness of who and what they are. And they just want to see whether they'd be accepted. I, as I said, with Keel, I would think of him alone, not somebody else involved, that he might have made up the whole story, as I said. When you add other people into the mix, that is too weird for words. It's very weird. And I, I tried to uh, find if there was someone that might have been at that Jim Mosley talk back in December 15th, 1967. I checked with Alan Greenfield. I checked with Rick Hilberg. And uh, I checked with Tim Beckley. I didn't check with Gene Steinberg, though. You weren't there with I went briefly to the big convention he did, but I left New York in 1966, and I did not return to New York except for occasional visits. Till then, I didn't actually physically live in the New York, New Jersey area again till 1976. Yeah. So we have well, my missing decade, which sounds to me like... A story, The Case of the Missing Decade, coming near you on Netflix. Only I don't subscribe to Netflix, so I don't know if Netflix would buy it. I mean, if they want to buy it, they can call me after the show and I can cut such a deal. Listen, we're about to run out of time here, Brent. We're going to have you stick around for some more discussion for the After the Paracast podcast. But for the regular episode, can you tell our listeners if they want to know more of what you do, where they do they check you out? It's uh, alternate perceptions, and I can be found at apmagazine.info. We put out an online magazine at that site once a month on the first of each month, and we have interviews and articles and uh, my column, Reality Checking, and we try to present fresh new accounts and information and, and ideas and cover the full spectrum. We have a full spectrum of stuff when you visit our center on Twitter, where we're known as the Powercast. I can't say how long we're going to be there, because with Elon Musk now the owner, and he's doing really crazy, wacky things, or maybe that's just to get interest in the thing. You know, he does something controversial, and of course he gets reported, so maybe there's madness behind his method of madness who knows we're also on facebook we have two areas a fan club and a regular group and unfortunately they will not allow us to put the paracast.com on their site i know that tim swartz with conspiracyjournal.com has the same problem why don't they like us you'll like to check out branded merchandise for paracast listeners 
over at the Paracast.shop. Once again, that's the Paracast.shop. And especially, we want you to subscribe to our streaming service, the Paracast Plus. Go to the Paracast.plus to sign up in seconds. We feature this show free at the network ads, plus the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next. And by the way, Brent Rains will be back on that for further discussion uncensored. Go to the Paracast.plus. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, we give you a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions to Paracast.plus. Brent Rains, always glad to hear from you. Thanks for joining us on The Paracast. Ah, thank you, Gene. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>